and welcome to Another Look, a podcast about anything and everything that we feel deserves another look today. Love it, hate it, or somewhere in between, we are talking about Dragon Ball Super Broly, and I'm your host, Jeremy McKinley, written and now dubbed canon by God King creator himself, Akira Toriyama in this full-length feature film which takes place after the Tournament of Power. Full disclosure, if you're not a Dragon Ball fan already, then this film will do nothing for you. Everything I'm about to fanboy out about is all inside baseball stuff, so there will be no hand-holding on this podcast. But if you are a Dragon Ball fan, then sit back and listen in. So the basic plot is pretty simple. We get a recap of the final days of the Saiyan homeworld, Planet Vegeta, with a few welcome retcons, but we'll get to those later. We see Goku being sent off to planet Earth as well as Broly being sent off to a much less hospitable planet. Broly grows up Tarzan style, fighting and eating giant bugs to survive, along with his father, Pergus, who plans on using his son to get revenge on those responsible for sending his son away. 41 years go by, and they eventually get off that planet and go to planet Earth, the home of Goku and Vegeta. Being the son of King Vegeta, the one who sent Broly away out of fear of Broly's potential power. But being that King Vegeta's been dead for over 40 years, Paragus alters his plan to go for the next best thing, his son Vegeta. Who is currently living on Earth with Goku, being awesome Super Saiyan gods and all that stuff. A lot of fighting happens, punches, kicks, Kamehameha waves, and Gallic guns galore. Now let's talk about all those retcons. Goku's dad, Bardock, is a much more caring father than depicted in the earlier version. Now, I liked the original scrappy underdog warrior with the heart of a Spartan, but he was a bit of a dick when it came to his baby boy, Goku. So whenever you add a dad putting his son's life before himself, you have a pretty good chance of tugging at my heartstrings. The other welcome retcom came with them making Broly a more sympathetic character. Uh, uh, for those of you who didn't, who either did not see the original or don't remember, Broly was basically the Dragon Ball version of Doomsday. Pure rage, pure hate, pure unbridled power, and it was all directed toward Goku. Apparently when they were babies, uh, their cribs were next to each other's, and apparently Goku cried a lot keeping baby Broly from getting sleep. Somehow, someway, Broly remembered that decades later and now wants to destroy Goku. This may be the dumbest revenge backstory that's ever been put to paper, and honestly, anything but this would be a welcome change. The fact that they went the gently unleashed route made me feel like this should have been the real origin to begin with, because it was just such an or it's just such a uh, the change that they made was like, yeah, this should have been this thing the whole time. It's just so natural that it would be that. Uh, the voice acting. Is all good as to be expected. Sean Shumel and Chris Shabbat and the gang are all back uh, reprising their roles. So if you like the English dub of Dragon Ball, you will not be disappointed. I want to give a shout out to the sound design as this is the first Dragon Ball movie I've seen in theaters. So to feel the planet crushing blows through the speakers was just something I haven't experienced since Man of Steel. There are very few nice experiences today that I can say made me feel like a kid again. But I can say for a hundred minutes or so of this movie, I was indeed a kid again. And the moment that fighting began, you couldn't get a jackhammer to chisel the grin off my face. To put it simply, you haven't seen fight scenes like this with this kind of production value. I mean, good lord, 
they go buck wild, crazy balls to the wall, insane with these fight scenes. These are the fight scenes that I actually always dreamed of seeing, but uh, because of budgetary reasons, they just couldn't do it. But I mean, I mean, my goodness, I was simply blown away, just just purely blown away. And for forty minutes, I mean, these fight scenes are long. But that's kind of a trope to Dragon Ball, is just how long these fight scenes can go. These fight scenes can go from one episode to four, five, six, ten episodes. Heck, there's one time where Goku had a power beam struggle with Cell for literally just an episode. The entire episode, the entire episode is literally just them having Kamehameha battles back and forth for 25 minutes. And I sat back and I watched that shit, and I was riveted. But again, Dragon Ball is... um. It's not everybody's cup of tea. It's very much, I would say it's very much in the vein of Metal Gear Solid, where everyone that plays the game and knows the game knows how incredibly convoluted and overly complex the story is. And if you were to explain it to anyone that wasn't already a big fan of this series, you would probably see their eyes glaze over and roll back into their head, which it would. And a lot of people that uh, complain about Dragon Ball always complain about how long these fight scenes are. And I agree. But I got in at the ground floor when I was a kid, and I love every minute of it, and I love this movie, man. It's just completely glorious. Hell, there's even a great point uh, when Goku and Vegeta are fighting Broly where they break reality. And the fight scene continues, and it's almost kind of, uh, it's very visually trippy, almost like a scene out of Doctor Strange. The animators were absolutely having a ball here. I feel like this, what they were doing with the fight scenes... In this movie, they were doing everything they wanted to do, but purely just didn't have the money to, and now they do, and my goodness, it is just wow. I can only use so many adjectives to describe how amazing these fight scenes are, but yeah, it's, uh, it is truly a sight to behold. Uh, now, as far as everything else in the movie, uh, characters are fine. Uh, Broly's good, obviously. I, I already broke him down. Uh all the other characters don't really do much outside of uh, basically, I mean, your basic uh, characters that actually get to do stuff are Goku, Vegeta, Broly, Paragus. Of course, Frieza. Uh, Frieza's out there doing some scheming. Uh, spoiler, Frieza doesn't get much fighting as much as he gets an ass kicking, but it is definitely enjoyable to watch. Uh, the comedy, uh, when it's there, is great. Uh, there's definitely uh, a bit of comedy with uh, Vegeta and Goku trying to get the fusion dance down which uh, is reminiscent of back when Trunks and Goten were trying to get it down back during the Super Boo saga. And uh, yeah, and, and the music is great too. I, I, wanted, I wanted to kind of give a shout out to the music. They actually have, I don't even, I feel like they were chanting characters' names as characters were on the winning side of any given fight. And it was kind of like this kind of war chant almost. But it uh, it worked for me. Music was great. The story was great, and it's apparently uh, it's all canon. So and the way it ends too, it it definitely makes Broly not a villain more than a tool. And that's all I will say in terms of that. I don't want to necessarily spoil what happens with Broly, but what they do with him definitely leaves the door open for future appearances. All in all, this movie was everything I wanted and more from a big-budget Dragon Ball movie. I was completely and wholly satisfied from beginning to end, and I'm going to give this movie a 9.5 out of 10. I'm Jeremy McKinley, and you've been listening to Another Look, and thank you for joining me.